1: And the rubber chicken says, Ha ha, even I know it is morally reprehensible and disgusting that 21 House Republicans voted against awarding the Congressional Gold Medal to officers who defended them and the Capitol. And I know that. And for God's sakes, I'm a rubber chicken. <laughs> yes, you are, but you're more than that. You today are a moral beacon. Yes, you are, rubber chicken. <laughs> no, we don't have time for that. Not now. We are got to get going on Louis Black's rant cast, number 47, entitled Stopping Voter Frogs. That's right. Stopping Voter Frogs. Uh, I would uh, accept this Uh, idea of stopping voter frauds from uh, the Republicans in the states like Arizona and Georgia and a number of others. We're upset about uh, stopping voter fraud, they keep screaming. But there was no voter fraud, and that has been time and again, all right? Time and again we've gone through this. 347 times we've counted these votes again and again. We've sent in the computer ninja Nobody rocking and we're going to be doing this thing. I mean, come on. All right? We Just make it, just, you know, call it stopping voter frogs, and I'd be right with you, because I will not have it. I will not have frogs coming out uh, of the ponds, uh, leaping from their lily pads, entering these voting booths, and, and, and voting willy-nilly for... Uh, some sort of a uh, reconciliation with nature, huh? I will not have it. I can't have uh, I, I must stop v- v- voting frogs v- voter frogs, stopping voter frogs i didn't even know what it it's just beyond belief it's just as insane as stopping voter fraud. I will not have they've given me warts. they have given me warts. And so they spoke in the, it went into the congressional record. He had shown his hands. Look at these words. Oh, for God's sake. And when has it got to stop, huh? Really? Can we get on with reality at some point? So I sent out a joke on Twitter. Big mistake. I, Every time, I don't know why, I, I, I will sit down. I will come up with something. I won't want to send it out because I can anticipate uh, what I'm going to receive in, you know, back from sending this out, and it will already upset me. A because people are paying attention uh, who don't need to be paying attention to me. I don't know why they bother with me. I don't know why they feel it is necessary when I am saying something that they have to counteract what it is that I'm saying it somehow. It, and, and what they don't understand is that it. it, it it, I make no difference. I've said this time and again. Okay? I have X amount of, of people who, who follow me on Twitter and on Facebook. It has no effect whatsoever. I'm not Tucker fucking Carlson. I'm not Hannity. Okay? I'm none of those people. I'm not, I'm not on MSNBC, you idiot. I'm trying to come up with jokes in a vacuum for fuck's sake. And occasionally I can do it. And I came up with one. I thought it was kind of a silly joke. Okay. The joke was yesterday, the Republicans voted against discussing voting. And then in parentheses, who writes this stuff? Pretty simple joke. It was in response to the Republicans um, basically making sure that they were not going to vote in the Senate. Uh, on the For the People Act. Um, they were, that was not going to happen. Uh, they defeated it. And it was about, and it wasn't even defeating that. They were defeating whether they would discuss it. Why wouldn't you discuss it? Why wouldn't you stand there and tell folks if it's so fucking important for the states to be able to do these things and to have these rules come to, you know, to pass. All right? then stand up for them. Make the speech uh, so that I'll understand what you're telling me and why it's being done, okay? Other than vote against it and that's all you're going to do? And be silent? Seriously? And I come up with a goofy fuck joke and that enrages people? How the fuck could it possibly enrage people? Yesterday, the Republicans voted Keyword, against discussing voting. It's a goofy fucking joke. It's a <laughs> joke. They voted against discussing voting. They didn't vote against voting. Just discussing it. That's, I think, funnier than voting against voting. And and who writes this stuff is an appeal to the fact that somehow this shit is happening and that, uh, that maybe... Maybe you know this is being written by God. <laughs> he's, he's decided to take over the text, just kind of come at it directly. He went, "Well, you know what, today, why don't the Republicans vote against discussing voting? That'll be a funny little thing. But the responses, wasn't against voting. That isn't what I said didn't say that. And they don't read the shit I write. And why am I bitching about it? I I feel like a fucking whiner, but I, goddammit, it it just irritates the fuck out of me. It's why Twitter is a pain in the ass. My friend Kathleen says, ignore what's there, and I should. I know I should. But there's a part of me that wants to go, okay, I know this is going to happen, and then it does happen. So it's like going to the back when I was a kid and I written an answer to a math problem and go to the back of the book to see if I'm right. And that's what I do with Twitter. Oh, was I right? Yeah, I was right. She says it's an Irish bar fight. Well, I don't enjoy Irish bar fights. Usually I, I was a bartender and I made sure I was you know had that, that uh, bar between me and whatever psychotic needed another drink. And if they needed it and they were going to punch me in the head, by God, they got it. Just to slow them down. <laughs> no, and they didn't have to drive because they did it in New York, a city where they would stumble on home in the neighborhood. That's one of the great things about living in New York City. You know, you just fall down on the ground. <sighs> so the, the, someone says to me, wasn't against voting, was against letting the government control voting. It's not the government controlling voting. For crying out loud. It was about the government saying that there were things that were written into uh Georgia law, into uh some of the laws that are coming out of Texas, you know, Arizona and the other 40 states that are doing this with Republican legislators. You know, where there was no voter fraud, there was voter frauds. <laughs> it was against it wasn't against voting. It was against letting the government control voting. No, they weren't about controlling voting. They were about saying you can't pull this shit. You were making it difficult for people of color to vote and others, for God's sake, and others. Well, in the Constitution, it says states control voting in the state, not federal government. That more communist shit. Not communist shit. The federal government is not communist, you idiot. Please. All right? The federal government, you elect the president of the United States, all right? And just because maybe you probably thought that your vote was stolen, it's only 32% of you think that. Why? Because it's not fucking true. Okay? Because of the voter frogs. God damn it. Then wrong, they ultimately end their voting against illegal voters. And though they are not voting against. Let's try and air out the facts. Um, ultimately, end are voting against illegal voting. No, they're not. They're not voting against. This was—that what I'm saying. I'm saying that Republicans voted against discussing voting. Stupid joke. Say it's funny. I didn't laugh. It wasn't funny. That's it. That's all you got to say. And why would you say that anyway? Because I'm obviously a comic you have no fucking interest in. God. And then I thought you were a comedian. Well, well, then that's at least close. That's at least a comment about the joke. And historical revisionists who voted for Biden. Historical revisionists? And the new Marxist regime, they are trying to install. We haven't got, we're not Marxists. Okay? They're not Marxists. All right? And when I say we're, the United States is not Marxist. It's not going to be Marxist. Okay? We've no interest in it. Please. Just because you they kind of bandy that shit about doesn't mean it's real. No one's interested in it. Okay, then just another out of touch Hollywood hack trying to feel relevant. All right, let's get that straight. Okay, um, god damn it, just another Hollywood hack trying to feel relevant, huh? I get that from time to time that I'm a Hollywood elite or something. I'm not. Okay, I live in New York City, I've lived in Hollywood on occasion. Uh, there was a time when they used to have pilot season. Not anymore, because it, it's constant now. And I would go out there, and my friend Marklin Baker had a place, and I'd uh, audition for a bunch of things. And guess what? I didn't get shit. Every so often, I'd get into something. Every once in a blue fuck moon, I did a couple of pilots, um, you know, in which I had a part. That did it see the light of day? No, but I got to meet Gladys Knight. That was great. Really. and then uh, I got uh, I had a few pilots written for me, um, and we a couple of those were done. The, 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 Mr. Hollywood, Mr. Hollywood, Hollywood said, "Fuck you, Lewis, We don't want this shit." That's it. Hollywood has never accepted me as as someone who's going to be on TV in a role, okay, of major proportions. All right, I've been really lucky. I've had some. Great stuff. I've had some nice goddamn movies I've been in, for, and I've been thrilled to be able to work with the people I've been able to work with. But I live in New York fucking city, all right? So come up with something else, all right? Don't just spend a little time doing something a little more of uh, what's the word I'm looking for, a little more creative than Hollywood. I don't, I don't exist there. I've never existed there. They've had no interest in me there. And it's it just it's like poking a, a wound. I, I was hoping that I would be able to get something on a TV series. Okay, I was. I had a couple of things that I was really excited about, and I got fucked. All right, you got to remind me. Okay, I got fucked on. I didn't get to be a Hollywood elite. Okay, doc, you happy? Just another out of touch Hollywood hack trying to feel relevant. No. Just a a comic trying to to get his uh, feet back in the joke pool, okay? In order to be able to stop voter (laughs) frauds. Then he goes on, if any of you ever stood up for anything other than your careers, yes, I have, all right? And I'm not going to go into it, all right? Because my career's had nothing to do with Hollywood. Just really gets me. I don't know why it drives me nuts, but it does. Meanwhile, the reason I wasn't with you last week quite simply uh I went to see my mom I wanted to see her a, a few times isn't that it yeah for those of you who uh, <laughs> think I'm a hollywood actor do Hollywood acts see their mothers <laughs> only only uh, uh no but, but i I wanted to be sure I got to see her four or five times because i was uh, it's going to be a little tight for me to see her over the next few weeks. And as many of you know, she's 102. So I wanted to be able to get in a lot of visits. And it was good. We had a couple that were a little, whoo. Uh, well, one in particular where mom came out. She can be pretty pretty mean when she wants to be. Her, my mother had a cutting edge that was brutal. I mean, brutal. And uh, she, brought the, she brought the A game one day and... Uh, Ooh, I wasn't up for it. Uh, but the rest of the time, just great. She's in and out. Uh, and, uh, and when she's and when she's in, it's it's really stunning. Um, and the other day, she sometimes can't remember that I'm living in New York. And the other day I just called her up after being there a couple of days before, and she remembered exactly the street I was on. Exactly. Couldn't remember I lived in New York, but knew the street and knew that and could remember the apartment. And, and really, where it was located near. I also got to uh, stop in in Chapel Hill, my alma mater, University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, because I've been uh, honored. I feel I'm, it's a real honor for me to to, to uh, the uh, the library, the Wilson Library down there, has uh, asked for uh, all of my writing, and I sent it down there. And then the pandemic hit, and this was really the first a real opportunity I had to go down there and uh, begin to work with them on it and put it in some sort of order. And they'd already started and done a great job, and uh, I really look forward to it. I'm excited, and uh, I I don't know who really wants to study it, boy, because there's there's a lot of of shitty plays in in the boxes I sent them, starting with the first one I wrote there. And then it was interesting because there was... There was a number of plays, and somebody wrote in blue pen that it was, a, uh, it was a piece of shit, and why did I think that what I wrote was a play? It was barely a sketch, and then underneath this is terrific and funny and exceptional, so totally opposite reactions. So maybe it was good stuff, but that's where I kind of got started on my, on my career as a playwright, which led to my career as a comic. And, uh, uh, but it was really, uh, it was it's humbling in a sense. And, and, uh, and, and made me feel a little less, uh, uh, I felt like insane that I was keeping all of this stuff in boxes, like somebody would give a shit. And I'm still kind of feeling like who's going to give a shit, but they seem to think that they are, at least they can use them for study purposes, for you know, is kind of like here's here's an example for when if you want to write about, um, you know, like Hemingway or Faulkner, let's start with, let's start with Lewis Black and you know here's an assignment, and uh, and let's look at his work, and so uh, cause it's certainly simpler. Uh, that was quite exciting. The uh, journalism school there. They got into uh, hot water, stupidly so, because they've uh, allowed the board of trustees to enter into basically an academic decision. Uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones was given uh, a chair of journalism there at the school, the school of journalism, (laughs) and uh, was supposed to come with a tenure, and they kept the tenure from him. Why? Because of the influence of the board of trustees, the conservative influence uh, of the board of trustees. No, there shouldn't be any influence from the board of trustees, be it conservative or liberal. It's bullshit. It's an academic community, and the academic community should make the decisions about it. And that's the way it is. That's a that's and, and, and as dumb as it will be, and God knows it will be, over the next ten years is. As, as all sorts of shit hits the fan, that's where, you know, they'll be discussing, uh, you know, what is, uh, you know, what's PC, what's politically correct. Started there and now it'll be about, you know, what you can say and what you might not be able to say and who can speak and where are going to be enough problems there. Okay, but that's got to be decided there and that's where people talk about that shit there. All right. And then and then we can stand outside and, and and send in our two cents, but not the Board of Trustees. They were upset about the sixteen nineteen project she'd worked on, uh, for which she'd you know gotten a Pulitzer. They thought it was too controversial. They said there's some problems with it. Well, here's the problem. The problem is is that it it created discussion about a time period that we don't want to discuss. And the folks who were kind of pushing back on this, as far as I could tell, were, as, as usual, old. And should just sh- shut up, okay? Get on a cruise ship and go around the world and shut the fuck up. Because enough is fucking enough, all right? you, you The reason... Um, that you can't be be involved in this discussion of the 16th, 19th, but you your job was to pass on the some of the horrors that had occurred in terms of slavery, uh, and you didn't. All right, hence this project. You were the ones closer to it, and since you didn't do it, the job has to be done. And don't worry, we will figure out how to do it, with or without you, all right? And nobody's gonna be going, oh, pointing at white people now going, oh, it's you. All right? But take some fucking responsibility for history. Shit happened. Fuck. God, it's just too tiring. Oh, that'll come back on the Twitter feed. He's too tired. Well, so it goes. Meanwhile, uh, Giuliani, the, uh, the the president's lawyer, is uh, been. He's, he, they're not letting him practice law in New York anymore because he made shit up. All right, he wanted to stop voter fraud. <laughs> he made shit up, and finally somebody came. No, you can't do that. All right. You can't be pulling that stuff, Rudy. You can't go. Well, I didn't get it. No, it's done. Go to, go to some Yankee games. Have a good time, and maybe if you're lucky, you, you'll get out of not having to do jail time for whatever the shit is that you've been pulling, because it's been staggering. When you're defending your friend and the president with lies, you're not really serving your your friend, or the president, or the country. The mighty have fallen. There's a few things I want to share with you before I get out of here. It's a part of its effort to combat systemic racism. Here's here's what, what I just talked about in terms of what the universities will do. Princeton University no longer will require students majoring in classics to study Latin or Greek. What? You're going to study the classics without Latin or Greek. I had a good friend of mine's son, Gabriel, a brilliant kid who went on to do law, was at Haverford and uh, studied the classics and uh, knew, was tremendous at it. And I think he knew Latin, and I'm not sure if he, did, but he may have known Greek too. You have to know that. You're studying, that's what it's the language it's in. God in heaven. It's like it's like reading, it's like reading the, the, the the Torah without knowing Hebrew for fuck's sake. yeah, I mean, just the English translation, if you're really going to study it, you got to know Hebrew. The department officials said dropping the requirement will promote inclusion. It's not going to promote inclusion. it promotes stupidity, you fucking idiots. They can they, if they want, you have courses where you go, okay, you're not required to, to learn Greek or Latin to take this course just teach a course in the classics in English. Okay, but you can't require that as, a, as somebody who's majoring in the class. They're majoring in it. An alumnus, J. David Garman, likened the move to an engineering department abandoning math, mathematics and physics. Absolutely. And my, and as I put it, when I was learning uh, playwriting, in my undergraduate and graduate time in, uh, in in playwriting classes, no one taught plot learning it's like learning math without numbers. The New Jersey School District is removing the names of all holidays from the school calendar so as not to offend anyone. What is the matter with us? So you remove all the names? What do you call Christmas? Well you just just uh, that's it. Uh, winter time winter solstice time, all, what the fuck is what are you doing? <laughs> the decision came after a raucous public meeting about the board's decision to replace Columbus Day with Indigenous People's Day. Why didn't they just call it fuck Columbus Day? Compromise that's a compromise. Maybe they could have voted for fuck Columbus Day. You don't take the every holiday will now be listed as a day off b- b- hello. So we don't have anyone with hurt feelings," explained the board member, Doreen Roach. Hurt feelings? Oh no, oh no! If, if, if I realize that people will get upset over Columbus Day, I don't think that they're, you know, I, maybe they are. You know, and I'm sure that the the meeting was raucous. Uh, but then come up with another name for those, for the ones that they're problematic. But but Christmas and Hanukkah are pretty straightforward. So's Easter too. What's Yom Kippur going to be called? Huh? You know, I'm serious. Rosh Hashanah. What are we going to call it? Just uh, no Jews here today. Day. <laughs> and finally, and to leave on a note that really defines the insanity, world class insanity an unknown buyer paid $18,350, $18,350 for an invisible sculpture entitled I Am by Italian artist Salvatore Garo. The artist 67 described the sculpture as a density of thoughts, but said in quantum physics, even empty space is full of energy. Yes, it is. But that doesn't mean it's full of art, or it can mean it's full of shit. That's what it means. The fact that he sold them nothing. You'd be better off if you bought the Brooklyn Bridge. Ten times better off. At least you have something to show for it. You say, I own that. People go, no, you don't own it. You go, yeah, I do. Here's the deed. Look at that. And there it is. At least you have something to show them. You got nothing to show them. You're walking around your house pointing at zero, nothing. The artist, I think, was supposed to, I don't know if he's supposed to come in. and He wanted to define space for it. I read that in another article. You're supposed to have the space to find in your house for it. I don't know if he, if he brings it in. We, you know, I'm sure he asked for an airfare ticket and a hotel and a nice place to do, so he could carry it with him. I'm Un- fucking leaveable what these people are thinking. And I'll tell you this. If you, if you spend that kind of money, $18,350 for nothing, then there is something the fuck wrong with you, and you need to get psychological counseling. And that's what you should be paying the 18350 bucks for rather than to an artist. I mean, what? what you, you, you need to be, you know, lying on a couch going, how did it come to fucking this that I can buy nothing and show my friends the nothing and convince my friends that nothing is something? Wow. It sure brings you to the end of the line. At some week, we're going to be celebrating July 4th. That's our Independence Day. Yes, siri, Bob. And I hope it's our Independence from Stupidity Day. That's what I hope. But just like maybe, I wonder what they call, oh, they, they won't have to in New Jersey. Well, they, I guess unless they publish a year calendar, they have a summer school. I wonder what they call July 4th. Blow, blow your hand off. They don't. Don't pick up fireworks and blow your hand off. Please, all right, be careful with that stuff and be safe with your families and i'm really wishing you all nothing but the best as we uh, as we hopefully come out of this and avoid the 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 variants get vaccinated get the people around you vaccinated take them to a, their family doctor if need be um because we got to get ahead of this i don't like this every day there's a delta plus delta plus 964 023 uh, people are being no. I, we got to do it. One would have thought we would have come out of this thing, changed human beings for the better. And so far, I ain't seen it. We've got a, we've got the same kind of a goddamn desperate need for instant gratification. This, the and I just don't and the and the same thing. I gotta have this. You get out of my way. There are a billion cars on the street. Oh, and that, but, but at least it made some sense. We've got celebrating, I think, the last weekend of Pride Month, I guess it is. Today is the big Pride Day parade, and uh, the streets are filled. And enjoy, and take care and be safe. I can't thank you all enough. I cannot repeat it enough. Uh, your words are, are give me solace, and I hope that... Uh, that I am able to do them justice. I say this time and again because of what it means to me to be able to sit here and do this. It has been a godsend. Continue to write to me. Continue to send those in. And if you really are looking for something to do on July 26, and you're bored shitless and wondering, boy, um, how did Lewis, uh, did, where is Lewis Black in terms of comedy? You, you'll get a real good sense. You could watch a complete meltdown. On July 26th, this is all of this stuff that I'm doing will eventually be in my act on one level or another. It's just not fucking where I want it to be now. (laughs) You'll just watch me spin around like a whirling dervish. I'll be in uh, where will I be? I'll be in uh, Chautauqua. You can go on uh, to my website, lewisblack.com. It'll tell you how to get tickets for that. You can get join the Fuck You Fan Club, which will help you get great, better seats, the best seats we can get to you, really, uh, for the best price imaginable without having to deal with uh, Ticketmaster, the rest of the StubHub, and the rest of them. This is uh, You'll deal with real human beings who need to be paid, so when you're wondering why does it cost that, it costs that so that we can get a service that makes sense to you. And it will still be less than what you would pay to have really the best seats in the house without having to hassle for them or be online looking for, for like it was looking for a vaccine. Um, So thank you again. Take care. And um, I look forward to next week. I already know what the the next week is going to be called. So I'm very excited about that. You're going to enjoy that opening. I hope so.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small.
1: A rant written by an avid fan, entitled Food Recipes, Why We Can't Have Nice Things. The way recipes are written today reveal an ugly truth about how humanity flails about spewing all kinds of information, but failing to impart useful knowledge. Why each generation has no option but to struggle learn for itself, and maybe, just maybe, come to the same level of limited understanding as each generation before. Amen. I will put it. Amen to that. Yes, Lewis, you heard me right. Recipes. Well, let me explain. I've been baking challah for years now, or as some Jews might pronounce it, challah actually challah does practice make perfect well hell no practice makes permanent is in permanent problems that make my challah okay at best generally not quite right and often downright partially inedible and yet i do it because damn it i want homemade challah on friday nights i follow the recipe i have followed several over the years to the level best of my ability and finally settled on one recipe that produces the most reliably edible results. Periodically, I go on the internet to try and solve the various issues, usually finding no new hints or none that actually help. Well, fuck me, because I finally found a solution to one of the issues. Generally, the individual strands in the braid do not stay separate but melt together during rising and baking, producing a loaf that has a hint of a braid pattern on top, but does not turn into an actual braided bread loaf. The answer turns out to be folding each individual strand over and over on itself before braiding. Has any hollow recipe ever had this crucial information in the recipe? Fuck no. And I have read many, Well, God damn it. This is how most instruction works in the world. Some crucial piece of knowledge is missing that would create understanding or impart true skill to another. I could go on now to thank those teachers who watch their students for the signs that knowledge has been transferred as opposed to those who throw out information and hope it sticks but that's a rant for another day. For now, will recipe writers stop with the cutesy fuck stories? I want to know how to make the goddamn thing so it turns out right, not how it moved you to orgasm. Even the century-old cookbooks are better than what is produced nowadays. At least they were consistent, The ingredients were listed in the order to be used. The barest of instructions were written because it was assumed there would be someone around to show you how the fuck to make it right. Lewis, humanity is awash in information, but living in penury without skill and knowledge. This comes to us from an avid fan, and I, I want to thank you for it. Uh, for those you who don't know challah bread, it's a very Jewy-Jewy bread, but I even think that those of you who are not very Jewy-Jewy would enjoy it. It's uh, eaten uh, and usually uh, at a Sabbath meal, Friday nights, at other festive times, uh, other festive meals that uh, that we uh, that, that they that the, Jews, <laughs> the Jews will sit down to. I don't usually sit down to those festive meals now, but I did. And, and, challah bread is terrific. I think uh, you, if, if you haven't tried it, you, you, you might really enjoy it. It's a very, uh, it's a yellow bread. It looks braided um, and it, it is yellow because of the amount of eggs in it and it's quite rich. Uh, some people, uh, many places for brunch have a challah uh, bread, French toast. And they're not even Jewy Jewy places, because that it makes an excellent French toast. Enjoy it sometime. But mostly remember this rant from an avid fan pointing out that, you know, it's how we pass on this information that leaves us fucked as a nation. Thank you. This rant has come a long way, and it has been written by Baldwin Vigfusson. My name is Baldwin. And I am from Iceland. Hope you are still enjoying your Gilbert wristwatch. And yes, I am. Yes, I am. I have been binging your rant cast for the last two weeks, getting through two to three rants a night as I drive three days a week from 5 p.m. to 12 p.m., changing batteries on rental scooters all around town. This is my secondary job, just so I can earn some extra money to do something with my wife and two kids over the summer. Because otherwise, I would live paycheck to paycheck every month. Oh, anyway, I—I I digress. My problem is with keys. I love my kids and their attention to detail. They can recite a full episode of Paw Patrol without missing a scene. But where did you put the keys? Answer: uh, Equals. I don't remember. This happened about two weeks ago. As my wife and the kids were coming home from practice, a key was on the doormat inside. The key had been put through the leaflet of our door. My daughter's first reaction was, can I own it? It's cool and rusty. My wife said, no, we don't know who owns this key. And that is all they remember. I come home at 8 p.m. to have dinner and look at my phone, and there's a text from my neighbor. Left town for a while, put the keys for the shed out back in your leaflet so you can access the lawnmower to cut your lawn. As we are afraid of thieves, we bought it together because we live in a semi-detached house. There must be a better name for it in English. I'm not sure, actually. But this is what Google Translate gave me. I ask, where are the keys? My wife and kids do not remember. I look for it the next day with no luck. What to do? A coherent person would call the neighbor and ask if they have a spare key. But not me. (laughs) No, I have a problem of doing things first and then thinking. Now I'm looking at YouTube on how to drill a keyhole to open the shed. I go to the hardware store to buy a new cylinder. $60? Holy fuck! As I'm getting ready to drill, I think to myself, better tell the neighbor what I'm about to do. When I tell him what I am about to do, he tells me he has a spare key. <laughs> now I am angry with myself for not calling him sooner. Instead, I was wondering for two days how to approach this problem. Fuck. Thank you, Lewis. I hope I get to hear my rant through your voice. Well, I hope I've done it justice. You started by being mad at your kids and ended up being mad at yourself, (laughs) Baldwin. That's that's what I really enjoyed about it. And if you're ever in Iceland, again, I want to invite you for a round of golf. We're about the same, both struggling to get even one par in 18 holes. I had a couple the other day. I I love uh, Iceland, by the way, folks. It's why I read this. I think it is the first rant received from Iceland. So it could have been anything, and I would have read it. Um, it, I loved going there. If you've not been, I would uh, recommend it highly. It is uh, literally uh, uh, like leaving the planet in many ways. The landscape is uh, is just uh, breathtaking to behold and awe-inspiring and stunning and strange and bizarre. And uh, and I did get a watch there. Actually, two. Um, the very first time I went there, it was one of the world's smallest watchmakers. And um, he, uh, it, well, they are. They claim to be the world's smallest watchmaker. and he, They do uh, it's uh, Gilbert, I, I believe is, is his name, as they said there. He's, he's Baldwin related, and his and his sons and um, does beautiful work. And uh, they're really and each has. Each watch has a story to it and, and why he created these certain design. I really love that watch. I love the country and, um, and, and I can't go on more and more about it, but I'm glad that you sent that in Baldwin because it's, it's, it's nice to know that folks in Iceland uh, are listening, even if it's just you. And then I will go on to read his next, which came uh, and Baldwin went on to say in a, In just a very, it is the 16th of June, and it is fucking snowing. I know this is Iceland, but fucking hell. I was there, (laughs) oh, God, before the shit hit the fan. And um, we took a cruise, and it was really, it was, I was working on it with a number of theater artists that uh, I did this cruise with, and we, And and we went around the the island because it was a real opportunity to see parts of it. I hadn't. And it was in the summer, and it was cold as fuck, Baldwin. Even those in Iceland uh, were saying that they had been fucked out of their summer, which is apparently short. But don't let that deter you. Go, see, enjoy. Iceland. There's a commercial for you. (laughs) Maybe maybe that will be advertising next time, maybe the Iceland Tourist Bureau. Thank you, Baldwin. I hope summer returns soon. A true story inspired John R. to send us this. Here's a fucking rant. Recently, a Texas politician questioned a forestry official if we can fix the moon's orbit to combat climate change. What the fuck? Is the moon's orbit broken? Does this moron know anything about celestial mechanics? Doesn't seem so. How can this idiot ask this question of a forestry official? Doesn't he know forestry officials aren't physicists or astronomers? For fuck's sake, forestry officials are basically English lit majors whose parents got them a government job when McDonald's wasn't hiring. When I read what this shit stain said, it broke my brain. I couldn't realize a living human said it. I had to verify it. I checked the calendar. It wasn't April 1st. Mm. Three news sources reported the same thing. I mean, just glancing at it, I had to believe that it was something a parody website reported, mainly because it mentioned that a Texas politician said it. Even Texas couldn't vote someone like this into a political office. You'd think they'd learn their lesson with that shit-for-brains Cruz. But by now, my left eye started to blink out a sequence with my right. As incredulous as this is, it was true. How could this even occur to someone that moving the moon was possible in the first place? To combat climate change? how what's the method good intentions clap hands long enough until tinkerbell moves it just to get you off her sparkly back why didn't easier ways like regulating the polluters to reduce their emissions to near zero or wean our culture away from oil occur to him perhaps every oil company from exxon mobil Halliburton, Sitco, etc., that have interest in Texas politics, might have climate change suggestions. Politicians deride Greta Thunberg for her suggestions in mitigating climate disaster, citing her age and inexperience as if her questions aren't valid. Yet when confronted by an obvious moronic statement— Why didn't people shut this idiot up? His colleagues should have ushered him away for treatment and diagnosis. But it goes deeper. Some Texans voted him into office. That means more Texans listened to his campaign speeches and thought, golly, this guy's smarter than me. He is my choice. Also when his constituents heard the moon question you have to believe they would think moving the moon when it was in the quarter moon phase would be easier because you don't have to move the whole moon Well John R that is inspirational <laughs> and I'm glad you got it off your chest it's unbelievable that's Louis Gomert I believe is the name of the uh, the politician uh, and it's a true story, and it is. He is really staggering. He's a, in the House of Representatives. How he got there is beyond me. Unless there was just a vote, and it was just that—that that was the day that just the, the Gila monsters in the that area of Texas came out, and it was just Gila monster voting day. I—it's beyond me. I, I don't understand it. I—I I really how how someone like that I. I, I don't know how you have to, after you do that, how if they elect him again, you know, then then really they should lose their right to vote, I think, because unless they just, I, I, my eyes are, are, are blinking out of sequence now, John R. Thank you for that. Candy Sturgeon uh, is very upset with my mispronunciation of words and uh, is sharing that with us. And I, I think she's right to make this point. She's very uh, complimentary at the beginning of this, and I deeply appreciate your kind words. I will not read them, but then she ends the wonderful paragraph by saying that is why any mispronunciation you utter throws a shadow over your magnificence. God damn it! In the Randcast I listened to today, you uttered not one but two mispronunciations. Now, don't go telling me you're too busy to check the pronunciation of words whilst preparing your otherwise entirely lucid cast. Words are what you use, Lewis, to communicate, and especially since you are now frequently reading the words of others, it is your fucking responsibility to use correct pronunciation, even when your writers can't spell or most probably can't pronounce words, Lewis. God damn it. And don't explain that you can't follow the simplest linguistic symbols. And then I won't go into them. Uh, the stress symbol, the long, which is uh, in the long vowel, the short vowel, etc. And then she goes on, Lewis uh, or Lewis, that you really don't notice the origin of words, like from the French or FR or LAT. You get what I'm saying. I know you do. You can't be shitting me about that. God fuck damn it. Now... You have to understand, that many times, I actually, and, and this time, I thought I was pronouncing these words correctly, and maybe I'm wrongheaded for that, but I just felt I was. Sometimes I actually go, and we'll, we'll get to this in a minute, I go and have the, the words pronounced for me, and Google has a whole bunch of, a variety of places you can find where they will pronounce a word, because some of them I, I'm really uh, baffled by. And sometimes I just give it a shot. I do, Tandy. I give it a shot. Maybe you can enlist someone to look up stuff for you and pay them five bucks per corrected pronunciation. I don't know, whatever. Just unflaw your pronunciation flaws, Lewis. I beg of you. I wouldn't ask this of anyone else but you, with the exception of my millennial offspring, with mixed results, but I'm soldiering on. Because you're almost perfect, Lewis. You really almost are. Well, I'm not really Tandy, but but thanks for thinking so. Yeah, you could discuss that one with my mother. Even at 102, she's got a list of... <laughs> the, the, criti- the critical list has grown longer. Here you go, Lewis. The third syllable in cartilaginous is stressed unlike its root cartilage, where the first syllable is stressed, and which I'm sure you know how to say, cartilage, right? Don't let that fact throw you off, Lewis, when you say cartilaginous still with that soft G. And the last syllable is pronounced nuts, as in nuts, Lewis, repeat, cartilaginous. Now, but you have it as cartilaginous. You have a bunch of A's there. And and the way it's pronounced on the pronouncy thing here, yes, I said pronouncy thing, is cartilaginous not cartilaginous. So I'm a little... Uh, I, 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 I gave it a shot when I did it. You have cartilaginous abortions. Maybe I'm reading what you're trying to tell me wrong. Repeat again. But then I would say what I just heard. Not, I, I would say cartilaginous abortions. And repeat perhaps a few times more, for the love of God, and of pro-choice up to the sixth week at the very fucking least. Okay. Now, many of us don't know how to pronounce French words, even though the English language is stuffed with them. So the fuck what, Lewis, you have to pronounce them correctly because, God damn it, there is just too much out there to lose. How? You can be the master of distraction and still m- mispronounce things is way the fuck beyond me, Lewis. You murmured your way pretty well through moaned, moaned. I probably did it wrong again. Mond, damn it! But where do you get off, Louis? Not knowing that the "et" or "et" at the end of the French names is normally pronounced "a." Say it ten times, Louis. Courbet, 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 Courbet. Right? Fuck it, Louis. If you like, but that's right. Well, I fucked it up. um Did I really? I said Corbet. I guess. I'm sorry about that. Courbet. But I kind of go through these things, and sometimes, to me, you have to understand that the larger picture is bigger than the word itself. And I should have really looked that one up. And I should have looked up cartilaginous. But I kind of thought I was giving that one a really good shot. I think Stephen Colbert, who didn't have the gumption to revert to the American pronunciation of his surname, Colbert... Or Colbert would it be Colbert, Kobar When he started playing himself, or Colbert, I'm, I'm Stephen Colbert, Stephen Colbert. When I I'm, got you all confused, Lewis, But you may not blame it on him because you, Lewis, are the one who fucking decides. And I, Lewis, nevertheless, and in any event, and with continuing admiration for your talent, will certainly remain as ever one of your stable and staunch, and truthiest fans. Thank you for that, Tammy. That certainly uh, got my brain going. I will try to be uh, more um, focused when I find a word that I'm I'm not sure of. The note that you've given me is well taken. The criticism is well taken. But it, cartilaginous, not cartilaginous. I, I'm a little c- confused there, and I'm, I'm confused about Colbert is it Colbert, not Stephen Colbert? oh well i will I will muddle through the day with that on my mind, and I do look up those words that i, I when I 'm really stuck, I kind of immediately go to find out um, how it is pronounced, and I don't go to look about the uh, the uh, derivatives or any of that. I don't have time. I really don't have time. Thanks, Dandy. Good luck with the millennials. Here's a dandy rand. <laughs> dandy rant (laughs) Uh, those two words i don't really think go together but this is this is a good one from mike mckeever this is a rant about pills feel free and no i'm not going to tell you which pills because it's none of your fucking business i'm old i take pills and exactly how old is none of your fucking business But it's old enough that my piss seems to be the foundation of an entire fucking industry of pill makers. When I was a kid, I had no fucking idea that my pee was so important. I just pissed it all away. Fuck me. Now I take a pill to force me to pee. A pill to make my piss easier to fucking piss and another pill to make sure I fucking don't piss too much. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, it's bat piss crazy. And on top of that, I live in a mobile home. Yes, I know. It's a fucking trailer. But it's a fucking double wide in a park with a swimming pool, a hot tub, a billiard room, a poker room, two gyms, and a bunch of old fuckers with no fucking rugrats in a really expensive town. So go fuck yourself. The fucking thing is, is that when it rains, the ground swells up. Then the fucking trailer shifts around. Then the fucking countertops get a bit of a fucking slope. They ain't fucking level. Then, when I try to unload the pills so I can swallow them, one or two of the little fuckers lands on its side and fucking rolls away. Like it knows its fate and says, "Goodbye, you fucker." <laughs> Sometimes one of the little fuckers rolls off the countertop and fucking disappears. Somewhere in my kitchen is the hole of lost fucking pills. Don't even fucking mention socks. But the worst thing about this disaster is that it's 100% fixable. The pill makers just have to take away the little flat side of the pills. That flat side is a fucking scooter. It's so small, I can't even guess how wide it is. But it is always fucking perfectly round and flat. For fuck's sake, just make the flat side slope or some fucking thing so the damn pills don't just scoot away. For fuck's sake, is it too much to ask? They live on my piss. Sometimes I piss my shorts just trying to catch the little fuckers rolling away lickety-fucking-split. Remember this, getting old is not for fucking sissies. McKeever, you certainly set a land speed record for fucks impressively, and uh, I like the fact that you didn't want to tell us what the pills were for and then immediately tell us what the pills were for, because you got to tell us what the pills are for. But I totally agree with you about the fact that those fuckers roll away, and everybody knows that. And the other thing that pisses me off is, is when they come up with these pills that I go, um, really? This pill is supposed to get down somebody's throat? Bring in somebody who can swallow this pill, okay? Just show me. Show me anybody. Well, you could cut it. Fuck you, I can cut it in half. Okay? I'm paying, you know, whatever the fuck the freight is on this piece of shit, they can cut it in half. Make it smaller. Then I had a, I had a tiny pill recently tiny and uh and they and it's 50 milligrams and uh and it's uh, and then they uh, i could get it cheaper it turns out if the pharmacy gives me instead of a 50 milligram pill two 25 milligram pills which are tiny i mean somebody's got to be kidding I'm sure, Mike, that you'll have opened up a a, a, a fucking floodgate of people bitching and moaning about pills. And I don't blame them. And I don't blame you. And good luck with that piss. (laughs) I I hate to laugh, but that, that just tickled me. This came in from Kristen Brown, or she calls herself at the very beginning Crazy Kristen. From Greenville, South Carolina, a beautiful little town I might add, um I love playing there and look forward to coming back. It's one of those hidden little gems that people snuck into and say they don't tell people about it. They hide there when people find out what they're up to, you're going to be in trouble, Kristen. <laughs> the whole town is. Well, goodness knows I have more than enough issues for which to use this forum for its intended purpose and rant away. I'm unemployed for the first time in 20 years. I've lost count of the resumes sent and interviews attended. Now Governor McMonster, the head thief in South Carolina, says tough luck and takes away the funds that the federal government meant to help me. I am attempting to take care of my 92-year-old mother. I love her, but damn, she is incredibly hard-headed and difficult. So much so that my sister has thrown up her hands and said, you are on your own. The icing on top of all of this is that I have been dealing with major recurring depression since the 1990s. For the past year, there's been no recurring. It has pretty much been constant. As my luck would have it, my demons inspire no creativity. I'm sorry to laugh. That, that's, they obviously had no training by those that tortured the genius of Van Gogh and Spaulding Gray or Elliot Smith. This preamble sets the foundation for my using this forum to rave instead of rant. I would be the first to jump on the bandwagon to bash the Ponzi scheme of a healthcare system we endure in the United States of America. But for close to a year now, my wonderful counselor has been seeing me without charge. I could not tell you where I would be without her, especially considering the two almost total meltdowns I've had this past year. Sometimes I think that I am way more than she bargained for, but she's there for me. She listens makes sound observations, and keeps me pointing forward. I will be forever indebted to her. What a rare find in this day and age. In your own way, you have provided the same with the rantcast. You've given a voice to the voiceless and an outlet for pent-up anger. You are the steam whistling from the boiling tea kettle. Releasing the pressure so it does not boil over. Just as important as the release of pressure by the ranters is the sense of belonging by all who tune in. Listening lets one know that they are not in this messed up, insane world alone. We are all comrades in the world of rants. So kudos to all mental health workers who have gone above and beyond the call of duty to hold people together. And kudos to you, Lewis, for releasing our voices onto the airwaves and ranting until our hearts are content. Now on to the next rant. Winning complimentary tickets to a show and the tour not coming to my area. Just my luck. Take care, Lewis, and sincerely thank you for all your charity work and for all you do for your fans. Well, thank you. No, it's what you guys do for me, it's very reciprocal and has been for a long time. Uh, and it's, it, it, once I discovered that the audience really gave me the freedom to write in front of them, and I mean write uh, in front of them, not be right, <laughs> no, uh, that's when I realized it was a truly a, a unique relationship that we had, and uh, I've really missed it. And I thank you for the compliments there i I don't like reading compliments about myself, but I did like what you had to say about uh, letting the steam the 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 tea kettle uh releasing the pressure so it does not boil over That's what I felt good about was that um is to let you folks let it rip and i'm really uh, but but let's get back to what you said kristen and, and first, let me thank you for this again and um than those mental health workers whose job is not over by a long shot. They've got, uh, if you look at Congress, Congress continues to act as if everything is just the way it was. Oh, we're going to just work on this. No. There are a lot of people out there. The streets of New York are filled right now with people who already had problems. And the apartments here are, uh, there's there's probably one in every other living room, if, if not more, of uh, somebody who's uh, who's having a, a, a tough time right now. It's not been easy. Back to normal? Ha 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 ha. I hope as 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 we do get back to at least life is uh, you know in the sense of being out in public and being able to. Uh, be amongst folks again, is <laughs> it's, it's, it's tough. And that will be in a certain way. I hope that it helps Kristen. And that, um, you know, that you're able to get, uh, a leg up in this, in, in terms of dealing with what you have to deal with. And it is tough to deal with a, a mom who's 92. You know, I, I get that. I just saw my mom, she's 102. And, uh, you know, Wishing you nothing but the best. Darren A. Fortiani is pissed. So being a very techie person, uh, I submitted an online order for one $5 item for pickup. Two fucking days later, my order is not ready. I called the store and they said, we had a computer issue. I said, okay, I can come and get it. They said, no, you'll have to place another order for it. What the fuck? Another order, I said, are you fucking kidding me? You can't walk to the shelf and just get it? They said, no, they were sorry, I must reorder. Holy shit, what the fuck is going on in this world? Are people really that fucking stupid? Wonder what my grandparents would do. Probably um, probably not have put in an order online, uh, they may, have, they may have made a call and just said, fuck it, you know? And if you were ordering something techie, there was probably not much around, you know? They probably dialed their phone, maybe. Who knows? Um, but they'd probably be a lot calmer about instant gratification than we are, Darren. Thanks for that. From Jessica McKay, it's short, it's sweet, and she's pissed. There's a 175-minute wait to talk to a JetBlue agent. Obviously, if I could resolve my issue online, I would. Hire someone to answer the fucking phone! The tragedy here is that it's obedient do-gooders like me who overreact to stupid shit like this with rage. Why? Because we spend our lives doing what we're told. Sit up straight. Be nice to your sister. Don't interrupt when the adults are speaking. Be considerate. Work hard. And when you've waited your turn in line and kissed everyone's ass, bad news, fucker, you'll still be on hold. Thank you. I hope you're off hold now. 175 minutes for JetBlue, and then you sit on the back for 175 minutes. Oh, man, it's just a joy. Let's take a stroll down... Memory Lane with Tim Burrill. This was written four years ago, when uh, going to the airport was a pain in the ass, but you didn't really expect to see fights break out. And when you get on a plane, you didn't think someone was going to go batshit crazy. Dear Lewis, I'm an airline pilot and recently had an issue with TSA. I was traveling in business casual on my day off, so my uniform was in my bag. When I went to go through a crew entry point, I was denied because the system had crashed. Well, huge shocker. I was then told to go to pre-check where I would have to go through screening. Being a crew member, the liquid rule usually does not apply, so I went through, and I was told to throw out my liquids so other passengers didn't feel cheated. Or I could go put my uniform on and retry. There were no other passengers in the screening area. How can I bother people that aren't there? Please help, Lewis. Well, back to normal. Thanks. Thanks for that, Tim. Yes, sir. Bob, if it's not one thing, it's another. Uh, I hope you're still flying. I hope you're well. I hope all is good. Thanks for sending that in. Four years ago, better late than never. Garrett Cheney brings us this, a transponder rant. No one, no one has ranted about transponders. So even before I start, Garrett, let me thank you. Most car insurance companies have the option for your car to carry a transponder, a little 2-inch by 2-inch by half inch electronic beacon, easily kept in the glove box, which tracks your driving to lower your rates. My car is equipped, my choice. I'm just trying to get lower rates. Got friends saying, hell no, track my car, the government will know wherever you are. My first response to that kind of comment is, How fucking important do you think you are? Are you carrying a trunk load of meth? The irony is that they carry cell phones, that they have pretty much the same capability. huh? I have no bones against my insurance company and will not mention their name, but Jake is involved. I have a 2018 Ford Fiesta S model, and I did actually own an Aqua Horizon way back when. No air conditioning. Same deal, 0 to 60, eventually with a tailwind. Wow. Aqua, a color that shouldn't be on the visual spectrum. So I'm merging onto a state route. Posted speed limit is 55 miles per hour. Everyone is doing 70. I have about 50 yards to get up to speed. Transponder busted me for aggressive acceleration. It's a goddamn 1.6-liter engine. Guess I should take this as a compliment? It busted me for hard braking at a red light. Do you want to run a red light or no? It busts me less if I just slide through the light. Now there's some safe driving. There's one point on the road I travel where the speed limit goes from 35 miles an hour to 25. Crossing a small bridge into my community busts me For speeding every time, Lou. Every fucking time. That's how they keep my safe driver average under 100%. Much like Vegas, the house always wins. This does not sit well with my OCD. Seems I piss a lot of people off by obeying the law. Had some dodgy events with people trying to pass me on exit lanes only to be in front of me at the next stoplight. While I love racing and hot rods, NASCAR can go to hell. Learn to turn right, you fucks. Driving is a privilege, not a right. We have young dickheads out there that truly believe, I paid for the full speedometer, I'm going to use it. Not profiling, but BMW and Jeep drivers, oddly enough, seem to be main culprits of this, as has been my experience. In conclusion, the transponder is just doing what it does. The dipshits that designed the software for the transponder ought to have their own rant cast for us, the end user, to let them know how it's fucking up. All being said, the company is living up to its promise of lower rates for safe driving. But I'm not making many friends on the highway. Garrett from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And hopefully I'll be getting back there soon, Garrett. It's always nice to hear people yelling about things. First off, I didn't even know that they called what a transponder was. And so I've learned a little something today. I don't know who I'll share it with, but I'm sure that someone out there in the audience who's listening hadn't heard of it either. Thanks for that. And I'm I'm glad they've lowered your rates or they better have the fucks. It is produced by James Salkine. Our theme song by Chris Lane. Executive producer, Ben Brewer. Executive producers, Matt Kleinschmidt and Robert Kelly for the Laugh Button Podcast. And most of all, thank you, all of you who ranted so well on this show.
0: in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's dot com.
2: So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because